Coming up on Behind the Woman. Because when you're, what you look like isn't valued or seen as attractive, and you don't see that in any of the magazines that are around or things like that, you know, that renders you invisible in a certain way that can be very painful. Our mission is to support emerging and underrepresented artists working in the field of photography unequivocally, without qualification, without any kind of caveats. Black lives matter, simply matter. I have to keep reminding people that we are not a monolith and that we need to have a multitude of voices in the room. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community. Welcome to Behind the Woman. My name is Dr. Johanna Rogers, and I'm your host. On tonight's episode, we are going to introduce you to Shayla Surratt. She is an artist, she is an activist, as well as a public relations professional here in our community. Let's go ahead and meet Shayla. My name is Shayla Surratt. This is a really bad dress choice. Yeah, don't look at it. Uh, yeah, I'm a mom of two. They're 10 years apart, approximately. Um, I have a husband, we've been married for 20 years. I am currently the communications coordinator at Lightwork Gallery and Urban Video Project. And I'm a board member of several um, boards in town as well. Uh, I grew up around a lot of different places. So I grew up primarily in suburbs uh, for a good stretch of my life because my mom was in school at Geneseo. And then we moved to what I lovingly called Granolaville over in the Westcott neighborhood. It's a united nation of people, or at least it was when I was growing up. Um, so it was a neighborhood that we live in a cul-de-sac. So it was a neighborhood in which people didn't necessarily lock their doors all the time. My mother is a classically trained opera singer, so at times she would open the doors and have a concert for the cul-de-sac, so that was very nice. But um, yeah, a very, a very giving, loving community. Uh, at one point we lived in Geneseo, New York, which is a rural community. It's primarily the SUNY school that's there. And so my brother and I were, the school was K through 12 that was there. And um, so we were one of the only brown children. So there was a lot of kind of the typical stereotypes that happen. A lot of people ask me to be on the basketball team. I am not good at basketball. Um, so I think that, you know, was in terms of dealing with bias or racism. That was my first experience in that community. One of the obstacles, of course, is not seeing yourself, right? So, I mean, I had wonderful friends. Um, but none of them look like me. And so the realities of what's beautiful and you know who should date whom, and um, th that was very difficult because when you're, what you look like isn't valued or seen as attractive and you don't see that in any of the magazines that are around or things like that, I think that was difficult. You know, that renders you invisible in a certain way that can be very painful. So I went to Syracuse University. Um, I was um, enrolled in the uh, in VPA, in the theater, to pro in theater program. VPA at that time was not very diverse in its faculty or um, in its student body. They've done a lot of work to change that, um, but I know that there was a lot of times in which the students of color found it difficult to navigate because if there isn't colorblind casting, you can't be in certain productions. Um, but I also studied uh, cultural anthropology and psychology, the through line being trying to understand people. 
Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was it was a good experience. I had studied abroad. I did the study abroad program at Syracuse University. Upon returning, I had some friends, a friend who called and was acting rather weird on the phone. She wanted me to meet this young man. Um, so uh, we met at a barbecue, and to make it really short, a month later we got married. Yeah, and now 20 years later we're still together. We challenge each other. Um, I always worry when people say, we never fight. I'm like, no, we fight all the time. Like in a good way, we challenge each other. It's like, why do you believe that? Why are you taking that position? We have two wonderful daughters um, who are extremely smart, smarter than my husband and I. Sometimes that's difficult to keep up with. Um, so yeah, we have a nice kind of safety net of community here as well. You're adorable, look. My mom's a classically trained singer. She took us to Glimmerglass Opera Company, um, which is you know, a, a bit out, ways out, outside of the city. And generally most of the time we were the only brown people there, definitely the only brown children there. And we were often uncomfortable, you know, because you know, you feel like you're not supposed to be there, don't do this, you know, you're, you're feeling policed without even, even saying anything. And I remember she was very pointed in saying, you, you are valuable, your perspective is valuable, your voice is valuable, and no one should ever make you feel like you don't belong, you shouldn't be somewhere. <laughs> Actually, people will be surprised. I'm very much an introvert. <laughs> You know, like I, I know, I know, I know how to be on for my job, um, but five minutes before I'm scared to death. <laughs> you know, if there's a struggle that I'm still wrestling with is that desire to be authentic in every space I'm in. Like it makes me want to cry. Like it's, mm. yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult not to be performative and be yourself. Yeah. So, um, we're here today at Lightworks, um, but tell us more about Shayla Surratt. Who are you and what is it that you do? Um, so I'm the promotion coordinator here at Lightwork. Mm -hmm. um, what that entails is that we are a gallery space, we have educational programming going on here, we have a lab in which uh, works are printed, and we also are part, um, the Urban Video Project is also part of our organization as well. My job is to let everybody know what's going on, when to be here, when to show up for artist talks, um, especially spread the good word, for mm. lack of a better word. Spread the good news. Spread the good news, exactly. <laughs> so oftentimes, um, we become our titles. But I know you mm -hmm. in this space and outside of this space, mm -hmm. and that is not all of Shayla Surratt. So no. tell us a little bit more <laughs> about when you, when you walk out of here, yes. what is it that you do that? So, so the other things that I do, so um, I do a lot of social justice work in the community. Um, some of that entails that I work for the Islamic Society of Central New York and handle PR for them. And a lot of that means that when there are issues of xenophobia, Islamophobia in the community, mm -hmm. making sure that the community is aware, putting out a press release for our allies in the community or the news to kind of make sure that um, the message that wants to be put, be put forth is there. Right. And um, yeah, I'm also a mom. I have yeah. two beautiful daughters you and do. a wife. Uh, so a lot of that, that takes a lot of my time as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You were also recently honored in the community. Yes. Surprised. <laughs> Surprised. We have the pictures to show it. I, I was not aware at all that I was going to be the recipient of a CNY uh, seed. Roots, roots seeds, roots of peace. I'll get it right. Right. But I was, yes, I, I did receive an award and I was very much surprised 
and um, an honor I to I remember watching you. Her, <laughs> one of your good, she's a family member, Gina. Gina is not a family, she's a very close friend. Very close friend. Yes. And so who, Gina. Who keeps a secret very well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And she's coming up and your husband was up talking yeah. about this person and I, you came in always looking fabulous and you're sitting there yeah. just watching, never imagining no. that they were talking about you. Well, and what was very odd is that my daughter was at a, another program and mm -hmm. I was, you know, and it was winding down, time for her to go pick her up and I kept saying to my husband, well, I know you have to present an award and so I'll just slip out and go pick her up and he kept, it was very insistent, no, 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 she's fine, she's good, she's fine. And so it was very strange because he began talking about this woman that he knows and, you know, admires and Gina mm -hmm. was talking about some, and he said, I've known her for 19 years. I was like, what woman in his life does he know for 19 years? <laughs> That I don't know. So, but it was at that point, I, it, it then dawned on me that they were talking about me. So, yeah. so it was very much a surprise and an honor to receive that award. Yeah. What does the art of activism mean to you? What does it mean to me? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's interesting. It's interesting because, um, you know, when you initially kind of came to me with this conversation, I had all these kind of academic things that came to mind. And mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of different authors I could quote and playwrights mm -hmm. that really resonate, resonate with me. But first, I think I have to talk about my mom. And I have to talk about that activism for her meant taking us into spaces where generally you didn't see people of color. Absolutely. Um, and I say that because my mother is a classically trained opera singer. Wow. So that meant taking us to Glimmerglass Opera, to rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And generally, there weren't people who looked like us. But right. it was really important for us to be in those spaces and to know that our perspectives was really important. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's where activism began for me. And so. Your mom, mm -hmm. as an opera singer, yes. you're going into these spaces, mm -hmm. I imagine, bright-eyed, right. <laughs> bushy tail. Mm -hmm. When did you kind of know that this would become part of your professional trajectory? I wish I could remember the, na remember the name of the production, but I know it was Syracuse Stage. And okay. I remember sitting in the audience and that there was a collective experience. Right, people across different racial backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, and there was some kind of moment that happened where we all laughed or cried. And I said, wow, 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 this is amazing mm -hmm. that this experience is cleaving through all those things that are different about us and bringing us together, right. a shared humanity. And I think in that moment I realized that art could be a conduit towards conversations we generally don't want to have or are uncomfortable mm -hmm. having and bringing people into a space that generally don't come together. Now, how from that moment at Syracuse stage, sitting mm -hmm. in the audience, and I'm thinking even for myself mm -hmm. as a performer, um, I think of myself as a scholar artist, I'm seeing your face just like light up mm -hmm. even yeah. talking about it, yeah. right? In a kind of reminiscent kind of way. How does that moment kind of get recreated for you in the work that you're doing? Because right now you're the promotion coordinator at Lightwork. Here. Lightwork. Here at Lightwork at Gallery, we're sitting here. Yes. <laughs> the gallery we're sitting in yes. and all of this beautiful artwork behind us. Mm -hmm. How does that moment get recreated for you in the work that you're doing now? Well, I think that um, I was very much attracted to being a part of this organization because our mission is to support emerging and underrepresented artists working in the field of photography. Mm -hmm. um, but that core part of emerging and underrepresented, um, mm -hmm. that for me, I think, is where the activism part comes in, is recognizing that um, there is a disparity in terms of um, those who are seeing the work and the work that's on the walls. And that mm -hmm. this organization and other organizations that I've um, come to partner with really are about making sure that there is um, representation and conversations around, you know, who are you? What do you want to say? What are your feelings? And uh, finding a common place for all that to happen. 
Yeah. Awesome. Hard awesome. conversation. Hard conversation. Yes. yes. Which leads me to ask about the beautiful artwork that we're sitting in front of. Can um, you tell us a little bit I about can. it? I can tell you a bit about it. This is yeah. Keisha Scarville. Uh, okay. The exhibition is called Alma. And she was an artist in residence here at this organization in 2014. Okay. And all of this work came after she found out that her mother had cancer and subsequently passed away in 2015. Wow. Um, so this is another example of kind of people, of people having the opportunity to engage a work and engage um, an experience of someone that might be, otherwise you wouldn't necessarily engage. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, it's been interesting because I think here in our city, we do have a lot of compartmentalization that happens, mm -hmm. um, racial compartmentalization, economic. And so it can be difficult sometimes to ask people to shift into spaces that are uncomfortable. So I often ask people, dare to be uncomfortable. Right. Dare to come and uh, engage something or look at something through someone else's eyes. That's Absolutely. the opportunity that's being extended to you. That's the gift that the artist is extending to you. Um, and to really you know, embrace it mm -hmm. and not be scared. And not be scared. Yeah. The conversation with Chayla around art is activism sparked something. That spark over the last year has continued to push Chayla to speak up and speak out and coordinate efforts that continue to bring diverse artists, diverse uses of art to the heart and center of our Syracuse community. Let's see what Shayla has been up to over the last year. downtown in Syracuse, New York. We're in front of City Hall. There are several groups, BLM and um, BLM Youth Cuse and uh, Raja Syracuse, along with a lot of organizers and adults behind the scenes. Um, we are here in protest of police brutality and um, more specifically, so it's a little overwhelming, sorry. Um, we're here speaking about the murder of George Floyd and the many, 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 many more that have preceded him. Black Lives Matter t-shirts are important because it, what it means to put those on is saying that you recognize the humanity of black people unequivocally, without qualification, without any kind of caveats. Black lives matter, simply matter. And that we have the right to move through this world safely. Extra large and black? This, this is not new. This is a culmination of slave ships. I mean, this is a culmination of so much brutality that's been inflicted upon black bodies. So I'd say it's an inheritance of black people to be at this place. Specifically, I'd say I went downtown to march in the first week and I saw the youth down there and I saw that they needed, you know, people to be behind them. And that's my job. My job is as an elder at this point to amplify their voices, to be there, to ask what resources they need. My daughter is very much engaged in this. Um, I'm extremely proud of her. Um, but I think that our role or my role at this point is to be there as a support. Because we want an education, not surveillance. Hear us. 
We are the next generation saying enough. I affirm these injustices. We will not go unchecked. Black Lives Matter. believe in curatorial activism. I believe that art is at the forefront of asking people to dare to be uncomfortable, to look at something, to look through a different lens, to ask people to see something through someone else's eyes, to ask questions. So essentially we work with different photographers here, some of them you're very familiar with, um, so that we could ultimately collect those images from people who are protesting in the street and we projected them onto the Everson Museum of Art, that's Urban Video Project. Because we fought, um, the essential, the first conversation was to use different artists from around the world. And I said, why don't we use the images from here? And they're up there not just because we want to be visible, because black bodies and black people are generally not visible, but they're also there because the reality is there was a narrative about chaos and rioting and animals and all of this kind. We wanted to show that is not the narrative that is happening on the ground. We wanted to make sure that black photographers and allies could project that into a space right in the heart of what was going on. What I'm hoping for today is, of course, that people can visibly see um, each other and know that there is solidarity behind this movement. But I know that also there are concrete things that we're asking of our city regarding policing, regarding uh, policy, regarding transparency in, in the police unions, regarding uh, the Know Your Right Act. There are several different things that are concrete things we're asking of our city in regards to how the police function and asking them to roll back this history in our city and nationwide of police sanctioned violence. This past year, I was a part of the cast of Four Color Girls. I got to see the production, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And it was something to be said about the energy of living and breathing the work of um, Ntushaki Shange. Yes. Right? Um, that was really just, for me, affirming. It brought up so much of what it's like to experience being a, a black or brown girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and now woman in, in this world. And so the artistic space for me has always been a space that I have to kind of create and carve mm -hmm. out um, because there isn't often roles yes. or you're constantly pushing back against the imagery of whiteness. Absolutely. Right? And so being a part of that cast for me was just like, oh my God, finally, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's something that speaks to my lived experience and the words and the symbolism connects to what I know. But I also want to say too, what's really important about that work that you guys did is another part of curatorial activism, mm -hmm. is being seen in those spaces. Absolutely. Is that, like I said, a return back to my mom taking me there uh, to those different performances, but it's mm -hmm. me taking my daughter to see right. your performance and seeing women of color, women who look like her on that stage. Absolutely. Because what does that mean? Not only are they being elevated as beautiful women who are elevating the work and amplifying the work of an African-American playwright, female right. playwright, right. but also the possibilities Abilities. there. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing for me is about this curatorial activism, is that it's not just about switching out what's on the walls or what's on the stage, mm -hmm. but opening up the possibility for people who don't necessarily see those, themselves in those spaces that is absolutely imperative. Absolutely imperative. We need you in this space. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm here. so glad I'm here. <laughs> that you're here doing yeah. this work because I think 
it for me, right, there's the performative stage piece, but there's also the work that's happening behind the scenes, mm -hmm. um, where my focus has been like, how do we get represent representation on stage? Yeah. But also kind of this art of activism is that how do we just get some representation in the operational side, mm -hmm. behind doors, sitting at table where decisions are being made, mm -hmm. where an alternate point of view is kind of um, added into the normalcy right. of the world. Because, because who crafts the narrative is just as important. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because it's come up in that sometimes we'll have um, artists who will write in a particular way, in a particular right. vernacular, and they will have editors who are not of the... Of, of the, that vernacular, Of right. the vernacular, right, <laughs> who will want to correct. And right. so, when you, so again, right. you have to have people in the room who are saying, no, right. you can't do that. Absolutely. Right. Oftentimes, when I think about the art of activism, who comes to mind, for me, is... Uh, Sister Zora Neale Hurston. Yes. Right, when you talk about that vernacular in that unapologetic way of wanting to show up in your work yeah. in a way that speaks to you, yeah. um, she models that yes. for me. Um, and as we concluded Four Color Girls and Life Has Gone On, um, the passing of Intushaki Shange. Yes happens yeah. and then you and I were watching a production a couple of days after that yes. and talking about the power of the black female voice. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I think that, and it's, I think the word the is very interesting, right? The female voice. Mm -hmm. And often what's interesting to me is I have to keep reminding people that we are not a monolith and that we need to have a multitude of voices in the room. Absolutely. Because I think oftentimes where I do see people often push back on different things they see on the screen that depict African-American or people of the diaspora, mm. that they get very upset. And I think it's because there isn't as broad a breath mm. as there is for the white community, let's say. Absolutely. So we so we know that unfortunately we are beholden to those images that is that are being put forth. Mm -hmm. And what is then even more problematic is it is it isn't uh, is it, if it isn't us, right? Right, because then we are then now having to deal with the ramifications of someone else's projected biases. Absolutely. Right. So it, it can. A really great example is that um, we had a show here called The Four Freedoms, mm -hmm. and um, part of that project was co-opting billboards and other spaces that are usually used for commercial or political use. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of that project was they put up a billboard in Mississippi, and it said, "Make America Great Again." But the image behind it was that moment uh, in Selma on the bridge where mm. between the officers and the, and the protesters. Mm -hmm. The problem is at 70 miles an hour, you can't, you can't get the full grasp of what they're trying to say. Mm. And also people who lived in that community who deal with the ramifications of that legacy said, you as artists get to leave. Mm. We, we have to deal with the fallout from that kind of image being put forth in our community. Absolutely. So this is curatorial activism. It's, it's having some cultural competency Absolutely. and engagement and a sense of responsibility <clears throat> that mm. I think oftentimes people who are outside the community, they don't have to think about. No, yeah. no. That is powerful. Yeah. From this art of activism, my curator activism, collectivism, all of that, what message um, would you leave for a woman, a young girl, who is kind of like, I want to be, I want to do that. Yeah. What would you say? How would I say? I think I would circle back to dare to be uncomfortable, right? Be fearless. Listen to your voice, because oftentimes there'll be a lot of voices around the table that are not like your own. Mm -hmm. um, to stay plugged into your community. Center self. I think that's another thing. I think we've had this conversation many times that 
um, because oftentimes we are doing a lot of this work of education, mm -hmm. that we um, are taking care of everyone else but ourselves. Right. So to make sure that we're always centering and going back and making sure that we're replenishing ourselves so we can go back out there and do that work mm -hmm. and, and be, that, be in those different spaces. Um, yeah. Part of this initiative for me is also to recognize those of us who are in the spaces doing the work that are at the tables, that are having the conversation, that are being fearless, right? And showing this community and the world that there may not be many images of us or many opportunities to be projected, but we want to start highlighting the, the courageous work that you're doing and say thank you for that. Well, thank you. And, and, I, and I think part of that too is, like I started here with my mom, Right? Is there are so many women, right? There are so many women on, on whose shoulders we stand right. and recognizing them and learning the, le the lessons from them. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, being recognized is, is a wonderful thing as well. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Chayla, thank you for being an artist and an activist. It is you who is helping keep the legacy alive of showing the diverse experiences of people of color through art as a way to move things forward. We needed that in this community, but we also need it across the nation right now. Thank you, Chayla, and thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Hopefully, Chayla's story and her work is inspiring you to act. We look forward to seeing you here again next week on Behind the Woman. Next week on Behind the Woman. If you want diversity, you have a choice. There are diverse candidates in this race. My name is Shadia Tadros. I'm running for city court judge. We may have been low income, but you know, we were raised with values and morals. You're not always getting the most competent person for the job. You may be getting someone that has used their privilege to get that job. It's one thing to push other people to take risks and put themselves out there, but we have to be willing to do it ourselves. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. VIP Structures, 45 years of integrated solutions offering architecture, engineering, construction, and development. VIP, creating sustainable structures designed and built to enrich neighborhoods and strengthen communities. Experience the creative, collaborative difference at VIP. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community.